listening to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 314 with Les Spellman. So in this episode, I give Les a couple of hypothetical athletes and he just walks us through what he would do with those athletes. And this clip is a, an athlete who has never done speed training and then an athlete who has done speed training but has picked up bad habits. So really interesting clip coming up with Les. Just before we do dive into this clip though, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free solution to collect, analyze, visualize and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite by Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. That's great. Good work. Great work. Thank you. Thank you. So just just to bring it back to the um to the speed stuff which obviously you're most well known for. I'd like to put a couple of scenarios to you, athletes to you that people may come across and may ring a a bell with them uh, and try to relate it to some of their athletes or someone that turns up at their facility or um, someone that's put onto them. So firstly, a a team sport athlete that has never done speed work before. And just to get your first initial thoughts and run, run the the listeners through where your head's at when that, when that athlete turns up to your your group. And then we'll just use that as a bit of a, a guide to, for, for some discussion, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, initially, I, I prefer the athlete that's never done any work before because they have no bias coming into it. So a lot of times, I get a high school kid that's you know super high ranked, and he comes in, he's like, you know, like my my speed coach in seventh grade told me to be on my toes. So they're they're doing everything on their toes, and then you know he told me to don't move my arm past ninety. So like sometimes there's biases they come in with. Um, when they're raw, it, it's a it's a it's I love it. It's like a raw piece of clay. That we're gonna mold, um, and I, I, I think like our system will teach them the things they need to learn. Um, but yeah, when they come in, it's exciting. I love, I love when people are like, "Oh, I've never done it," you know. I don't know what it is, you know. So I think that's the the, the best, the best type of athlete that walks in the door for sure. How do you how do you start to remove them potential bad habits? Like you say, I know we're talking about the the person that hasn't done any of this before but when people turn up and they have how do you start to carefully pull them away from them potential bad habits or bad advice they've been given yeah yeah so well for, it doesn't matter if they've the professional you know or, or even lower like the first thing we're going to do is profile and see like what, what it actually is because sometimes they have these they have these things that we might say are bad habits or might say are incorrect but you know, when we profile them, we, you know, we see their forces, horizontal force is amazing. Their power is amazing. Their velocity is super high. So it might be something that if we try to change just because we, we want them to fit into a certain technical box, we might end up undoing some of those things. We might end up changing. So like one thing I learned from Jonas is like, just be very cautious about changing too many things at once, especially if it's something that athletes wired that way. Um, because if we unwire them, you know, we better be able to support them <laughs> through PT and through everything else that we can do to, to make them actually take that new neural neural pathway on and um, that new skill on. So I think the, the main thing that we do is, is profiling. The second thing we do is the technical model will kind of build out um, those things. So, for example, like if, if they're consistently just high on their toes and you know, we have we have drill patterns that we're going to start them at vertical drill patterns, like walking basic patterns, and and make sure that we're cueing those things through there. 
And then when, when they're running, we're just seeing, okay, does, does this skill that we're teaching them in a very technical part of the practice, does it translate over to the running? And if it does, great. If it doesn't, we just keep drilling it. And so it, you know, it may or may not, but um, we're just really cautious about undoing some of the things that the athletes have um, and, and spreading that out over more time. I think in the beginning, what I was doing was like, I think I was coaching because it was a, it was a show because I was trying to get other parents that were watching to send their kid to me. So I was coaching everything. I was saying, Oh, you know, put your hand like this, do this, do that, do this, do that. It was less about the athlete, more about me at the time. And I overcoached him, overcoached him, overcoached him. And now I think maybe because I'm older, about to be a dad, I, I, I'm a lot more patient. So I'm looking at number one, do their physical capabilities line up? If not, then okay, here's interventions that we're going to, we're going to create. Uh, and number two is the technical issues that they have. Is it going to lead to injury or decreased performance? And if it's one of those two things, obviously intervene. But if, if it's their power super high, their velocity is high, their force is high, and they don't look good, well, you know, <laughs> we're going to do 1% one, 1 changes, but we're, you know, we're not going to undo that athlete completely. So with this hypothetical athlete, is there anything else you'd do in that profiling uh, time right at the start when these guys come through the door? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really three things. So number one, we, we love force velocity profiling and uh, horizontal profiling. Right now we're doing it off of GPS, which has been an incre incredible project. Um, we've been working with the Data for Sports guys, Matthew Lacombe, Sebastian. Um, they've, they've helped me a ton um, understanding it but we've been doing force velocity profiling off gps so we're, we're pulling up their horizontal force number um their theoretical maximal velocity the ratio of force and we're looking at ratio for force like um max so we're seeing where they're at in the beginning and then we're looking at the mean <clears throat> um over a couple steps uh their peak power um their decrease in ratio of force and the slope of their um, force velocity profile so that's that's step one. Uh, we're taking that, we're looking at the data, and we're looking for, um, you know, indicators. So low force, high velocity, is okay. That that's easy. We'll, we'll add more force, maintain the velocity. Um, some athletes are high force, average velocity, a little bit harder to manipulate, but um, you know, we we can definitely definitely influence that. So like, we're we're looking number one, what are the physiological changes that we need to make and adjust. And that's more on the programming side. And the second thing we're going to do is look at their split times. Like, it's pretty simple. Um, I think a lot of people look at that first, but to, to us, that's secondary. Um, are they able to accelerate every five yards through 40? Are they able to accelerate every five yards through 30? Whatever it is, whatever it is we're testing, um, look for inconsistencies there. And then third, looking at kinematics. So I want to see their ground, con ground contact, their air time, step length. The first zone I'm looking at is their initial excel. Um, so up to four steps, but really first two have the largest rate of change in velocity. So I want to see how do they manage those first two steps in acceleration um, and then look at top speed as well. So is there an imbalance between contact times left and right at top speed? Um, is there an imbalance between step length? Um, what is their ground contact time? Like as Ken Clark said, that contact times and, and top speeds are very closely linked together. So I want to see how, how well do they manage their contact time. Um, and then we'll also look at, you know, technical things. So Jordan just put out the kickback score. Um, 
and that research was incredible. So we've been playing around with that with our middle school kids. So looking at the angle of their hip at touchdown and toe off, adding those two together to get a composite score to see how much backside action they have. Um, if they have a high, if they have a high number, the higher the number, the better. If they have a low number, um, that's an injury risk. You know, it's poor, poor um, front side mechanics as a result. Um, and then we're looking at left, right imbalances, like is the left leg kicking back further than the right, things like that. So generally that's the process and the flow we go through. Um, it sounds like a lot of time, but it's probably like 10 minutes per athlete. <laughs> like okay. it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not a lot. We have, we have an incredible team here. We have, um, a few interns, a few staff. So an athlete comes in, it just goes down the chain. Um, we have a girl, uh, Katie, who's incredible does all the GPS stuff for us. Then we have, you know, people doing kickback scores. So everyone has a role, and so we get it done pretty quickly. So we profiled 50 middle school kids in, you know, an hour and a half. So it wasn't bad. So that's going to look at, uh, back to the original question, that's going to be our, our system of how we determine what the course of action is for the athlete. Um, even though we're in a group setting, there's still some individual things that we can do and influence within that group setting. So, can you just explain the kickback score for us and how yeah. that's, how we use that? Yeah. Yeah. So at, at toe off, you're you're measuring the angle of um, how far, like the backside part of it from the hip, even with the even with the ground, and then down to the backside leg. Um, so you're looking at that angle. So if if the leg, for example, um, continues to drive way beyond the center of mass. Um, long ground contact, number one. But number two is just going to throw your leg backside. Um, and then you're also analyzing the angle, the same same leg angle when the other leg touches down. So if that's a, if that's a, small, a small angle, that means that the leg is still backside. It hasn't come fully front side um, or it's not even. So we're essentially looking at um, lumbo-pelvic control here. So if they have poor lumbo-pelvic control, you're going to see that that leg swing back and uh, take longer to come back to back to the front side. So Ken Clark talks about angular velocity, um, you know, getting back to front side, uh, being able to have a high front side so you can whip that leg back down to the ground. So the kickback score allows us, number one, to look at lumbo-pelvic control because generally the, the ones that have poor uh, lumbo-pelvic control or strength will have a, a low kickback score. So their, their leg is swinging back way behind. So when, they're, when their leg touches down, they have a gap between their legs, essentially. Like the leg hasn't started coming through yet. Um, so it, athletes that have a, a higher kickback score, you'll see their knees almost side by side on touchdown. Um, even the best runners will have that knee slightly in front of the stance leg. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at. And, it, and we're, we're, we're still learning. Um, and the research is out there. So every time we, we read a new piece of research we like, we try to put it into place automatically. Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. But this one, we're seeing a, a high correlation um, with soft tissue injuries for lower scores. And like literally, we, we tested our 50 kids, and the ones that had the lowest, the lowest five had all had soft tissue, hamstring, something. Um, so there's a high correlation on that side and imbalance. If there's more than a 15% imbalance, we're we're seeing a, a way a way more um, we're seeing a lot more injury risk in, in people that had over 15% imbalance, even really 10. So 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. If you want to check out the full episode with Les, it's episode number 314, and you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.